Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brands Tech. I hope that everyone has been doing well. So recently, I found we found out that Fitbit has been formally acquired by Google, and you know that really made me think about you know where we are going in terms of hardware on devices. And joining me today in this discussion is Carl. Welcome back. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah, it is always great to talk to you, and especially like to be able to converse with someone. And so, you know, so I'm not talking with myself for for this. So I'm, like I said, always glad to have you. Absolutely. And so, you know, what were your first thoughts when you know when you found out that yeah that Fitbit had been acquired? I'm not sure if you're like really like a if you were really following that or if you found out when I told you, but. Yeah, no, I wasn't really following it.、Uh, I remember you actually, you had told me you'd sent me a message, and then literally the next day I got it on my、uh, my technology feed on my phone. I honestly didn't see it coming. I, I mean, just I know Google's very interesting in what they acquire, and they're、yeah. a little bit large in turn. Well, not not Google, but they're、uh, they're they're overlords. Yeah, they own a lot, right? A lot of、yeah. very diverse things and. I'm interested to see what they do with Fitbit. Yeah, and I I remembered that you know that Google was in talks of acquiring it, like I think in 2019, but it wasn't something that I had quite remembered until I had got it on my newsfeed. And so when I originally saw the news, I was like, it's like they did what now?、Hmm. And I'm it's like I know Fitbits around and everything, but yeah, with a lot of other stuff happening within the past year, or so yeah, that wasn't like on the top of my concerns of any means. Yeah, you know, in terms of what to follow, given yeah, you know, given how much has happened, and you know, 2020 and tw- and the beginning of this 2021, but yeah, it was I I never really expected that. I, I don't. I mean, I could see it possibly being some something like、um, they're trying to make their own Google watches, right? We've seen that with Samsung with their Samsung watches and their Samsung Wear, Samsung earbuds, Samsung everything.、I'm、a big Samsung guy, so I have a bunch of those things, but. I think Google would probably try to do that because they're they're becoming a dominant force not only because you know they literally own Android, but because of them、uh, kind of having their own sub brands of cheaper line phones as opposed to Samsung's higher end and Apple. Yeah, and you know, kind of with that, it's like I wanted to definitely discuss a little about you know where Google is in terms of hardware as a whole, and but yeah, it's like it wasn't at the top of my. List in terms of that, but I definitely do believe that this is where Google is heading, like to make some sort of Google Watch. But I'll definitely touch base on that in a little bit. But I kind of want to start off from the beginning of where you know Google started off and yeah, and the hardware business. And feel free to add on anything or to you know, add stuff to the conversation. Okay, yeah,、us. I mean,、uh, undoubtedly you have more of a background and and you've studied this more than I have. Yeah, well, you know, I am a research enthusiast, so, <laughs>、um, you know, this is what I do during my free time. But, but yeah, but in 2008,、um, that's when the very first Android phone came out, the HTC Dream, as it was known by HTC, but in the U.S. we just called it the T-Mobile G1.、Um, that phone,、um, if you've ever, if you've never seen a picture of it, I would definitely recommend to look that up. It It very much is in contrast to pretty much any other phone that you you would like imagine, and especially in contrast to the iPhone that came out the year prior.、Oh, yeah, that's、um, uh, it's it's interesting. 
Yeah, the G1. It was a it was a good device from what I can understand, and you know, and Google and HTC had made it in sort of a partnership. Google was not the original owner of the Android operating system, but they were, but they did buy them out prior to, but they did buy them out prior to the release of the HTC Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually two phones that were supposed to come out then. Mm-hmm the HTC Dream and the phone that was never released, but it's nicknamed the Sooner. It is essentially, it looks kind of like a Blackberry phone. It's a small, tiny phone with a keyboard, um, no touchscreen, but tiny buttons. But when the iPhone was released, they scrapped the Sooner phone and and just did the Dream. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm looking up things as we're talking here. That, that first Android one's very, very interesting. It reminds me, I actually have uh, another one of the older original Android phones. I want to say like the first, first maybe second Galaxy phone they made, Samsung did. Uh, oh yeah. It has the same sort of thing. Although at, at the bottom of it, if you're holding the phone like you'd, you'd normally hold the phone just uh, vertically, you know, th- th- that one, the new, the HTC one, the old one, the oldest one, they still have like four or five buttons on the bottom for like calling, hanging up, yeah. h- hitting home. I, th- that's, that's kind of funny. But then you have like the screen, right? It's your touch screen. But then yeah. at the same time, you can turn it horizontally and push it up. So you, and you don't have a digital uh, keyboard. You have a physical keyboard right there. And that's, that's what I have in uh, my OG phone. It, it's, it has that slide out keyboard, but it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have that many buttons at the bottom. Yes, I got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it looks so it, honestly, it reminds me of uh, my like my calculator I used for high school. Nice. Uh, it's just it, it looks like a little calculator. It's just kind of straight vertically, and instead of having any sort of flip out things, you have like the bottom half of it is just a bunch of buttons, and the most bottom buttons is just a little keyboard. Then the middle of it's kind of like a hang up home backspace that the regular buttons, and you have just the what looks like that's a very early android system yeah and but yeah it's really interesting to see how how far things have really changed between 2008 and present google hadn't really invested in any hardware by any means i mean they were an internet service company Mm -hmm. i mean software was still rather new to them in general let alone hardware and so overall you know the partnership between htc and google just expanded from there and so in 2010, you know, by then we had seen BlackBerry, you know, they were the prominent phones of that time, um, very briefly. But, but overall on the Android side of things, more companies started to adopt the Android operating system as, their, as theirs for their um, different smartphones, such as Samsung, that, as we mentioned, LG, Motorola, and several other different companies, of course. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, Apple with their iPhone is still, is still growing. So we're starting to get where we are now with smartphones. And so Google uh, announced in 2010 um, the very first Nexus phone. And the first Nexus phone was a partnership between Google and HTC, the Nexus One. Surprise, surprise. And the Nexus One essentially is considered as a successor to the, um, successor to the HTC Dream. And it definitely you can definitely see the age on it, but in comparison to the original Dream, it has improved quite a bit um, in terms of the system overall, you know, hardware and software. And so, and so, you know, the overall the experience was rather, yeah, it was rather well from the best of my understanding. But but Google really expanded from there in terms. So okay, 
yeah. really quickly um i'm just looking at at this uh compared to what we normally see on, on like tv and ads like that right and i know yeah. we we had talked about this before and it's probably one of the one of the biggest things google and lg or i'm not sure if lg is technically the same thing as htc or not is it uh they're different companies um, oh, they HT- are? Okay. Yeah, HTC is a um, Taiwanese company, while mm-hmm. while LG is a South South Korean company. Okay, uh, give me a second here. HTC Nexus phone, <clears throat> the Nexus One, correct? Yes. First for the okay, yeah, no. Uh, who? Well, okay. What I'm looking at here is just um, what looks like one of the one of the newest ones is here the 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 Nexus Five X. I'm oh, not yeah, sure that, if that. Yeah, that one came out in 2015. That that was 2015. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that is okay. the Nexus 5X and the Nexus 6P are the are the last Nexus phones. Okay, because just looking at it, um, I, I know we talked about this before. Some of the th- you'll see on on like TV and ads, you'll see like the new Samsungs and the new Apple phones, right? Yeah, the new iPhones. Those you know those are like quadruple digit phones, yeah. right? I know I, when I got my one of my phones a couple of years ago, it was brand new, and I remember looking up. It was like nine hundred bucks. And I was like, "Whoa, yeah. didn't need that." Uh, but looking at it, these these were meant to be more of a, I guess, open or um, easier, cheaper option. Yeah. Than than most things, and I, I know from experience that some of these phones, it, they do some weird stuff where they will actually intentionally, they'll have onboard storage but they also have a lot of Google integration, like like a lot where, you know, every photo you take, no matter what, it'll be uploaded to your Google drive, which is really cool. But for somebody like me who, who likes privacy, no, yeah. but it is, I mean, compared to that, like $800 phone, right? This is a hundred, the one I'm looking at right now, that's uh, I saved, it's used and it's good in good condition from AT&T. Uh, it's not, it's not the the Nexus that we were talking about specifically, but it's kind of off that line. Um, the Nexus 5X with the 32 gigabytes of storage, memory storage capacity, uh, AT&T, and it's going for 130 bucks, which wow. is definitely a lot better than 800. Yeah, yeah. The Nexus line has always been not necessarily budget, but just the price range itself has. It was never really made to compete against like flagship devices, even though it was a flagship device in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually tended to be more so like on the, you know, on the lower range of things um, in terms of phones. And so a lot of them were more so on like made the high 400s to the, yeah, I think made the highest one may have been like the 600s, but still yeah. relatively cheaper than a lot of other phones both then and now absolutely so. yeah i mean that that's its market and it works well yeah and you know a part of this is because google didn't make these devices for you know to really compete they made them actually to more so pave the way for where android should go and so if google thought that android needed wireless charging they would tell whoever their partner is that this phone needs wireless charging and everyone else will follow now, the thing about it is, yeah, as you mentioned with the hardware, a, a lot of these phones dealt more so on the software side of things because that's really the Google specialty. And and so with each of these Nexus um, devices um, from both phones, tablets, they even had a a media player, the Nexus Q, 
Um, the Nexus Q is an interesting device if you ever see it. It kind of looks like a random, like, sphere um, as a streaming service, um, I mean, a streaming device. Yeah, um, it, it, it literally looks like just a big black ball. Yeah. It's like an Echo Dot, but like three times the size. Yeah, it it didn't actually want, make it to the launch date, um, if I remember correctly. Or if it did, for those who pre-ordered it, I think they actually offered refunds afterwards. Um, yeah. Like, I don't even think it really made it to full, you know, to full push out in terms of um, launching wise. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but each Nexus device was made with a hardware partner where Google provides the software, the partner provides the hardware and they collaborate to bring the best of both worlds. Um, and even though, of course, it's Google Nexus, you know, Google never actually put their names on any of these devices and they let whoever their hardware partner, you know, really take the spotlight of it. As long as Google is the one who primarily sells it, the other company, you know, gets their name. So it's kind of in a co-branded situation, mm-hmm. um, kind of like um, the different companies who worked with them for um, for the smartphone side of things, where HTC did um, one device, followed by Samsung doing two devices, the Nexus S and Galaxy Nexus. Um, then, then LG did the Nexus 4 and 5, um, Motorola Mobility, which, fun fact, Motorola, for a time being, was actually owned by Google, but but Google at the time said that they did not want to compete against the these other companies. And so they owned Motorola, but kept them independent. Huh. And the reason that many of us believe for the reason of this is because, um, is because Motorola, you know, they actually invented the cell phone. And so they own several thousands of patents, um, you know, if not more. Yeah, in relation to the cell phone. And so because of Motorola at the time, they just split into two companies. Um, both of them went to rather bankrupt. Uh, with Google purchasing Motorola Mobility, they get access to all of those patents. So huh. for them, I think it was like a no-brainer to be able to own all of those, especially with owning Android. Because you can just license, you know, license that stuff out. You know, But if you can get ownership of all of that, you know, you kind of get the Motorola legacy that comes along with it. Um, yeah. And so Motorola really had its prime under Google ownership. They got really fast updates, and um, but Google promised no special treatment. But despite mm-hmm. that, they did co- co-create um, the Nexus 6 phone, uh, which is considered one of the better ones. Um, it's the first one that's considered a phablet, um, which is like a phone, but slightly larger, which... For the most part, that's more of like a mainstream thing now, uh, with almost every phone having a larger option now. But mm-hmm. the Nexus 6 was one of the first ones in, I believe, 2014. Um, but, you know, Google continued with this Nexus thing, and even with their other brands, they continuously co create stuff with different hardware partners. But over time, Google slowly started. Um, doing hardware stuff on their own. And in fact, they launched the Pixel line of Chromebooks um, way back in, I don't even remember when, you know, when they originally launched 
the Nexus line. It was um, 2013, I believe. Yeah, I just looked online. 2013, they originally launched the Google Pixel line. But unlike all of Google's hardware prior to that, um, and even concurrent with it, um, Google would not reveal who the manufacturers are as Google made it themselves and they just had a third party company just manufacture it without recognition. You know, but oh. that's a common practice for companies. Oh, were you gonna say something? No, I was just Okay. But overall, you know, this the the Pixel Chromebook Pixel, even though of course it's a Chromebook and it's not, you know, the most powerful device out there, the Chromebook Pixel I think was a device that pretty much anyone could be envious on. It had even a touch bar um, on the back where you could knock on the back of the device and it'll tell you and it'll show up on lights how how much how charged the battery is. Like the Chromebook Pixel was just amazing from what I understand. And well, I said, even though Chromebooks are not the ideal audience for anyone, even even high end users could be envious of the Chromebook Pixel. But overall, um, Google relaunched the Pixel line to include smartphones and other things um, in 2016 to overall replace the Nexus line, as unfortunate as that is for a lot of people. But the unlike the uh, Nexus line though, the Pixel line is completely made in-house um, with the exception of the manufacturing part. And therefore, isn't they aren't known for their hardware, but rather the software that comes with it, almost taking a line out of you know, Apple's book, where most of the time you don't buy an iPhone for, you know, for the hardware per se. You buy it for the mm-hmm. software and the exclusive apps and yeah. the ecosystem. And that's kind of really how Apple you know, sells their iPhones. And so when Pixel did, when Google did this with the Pixel phones, it almost felt like a direct, it was essentially a direct competitor to all these other devices, um, both iOS and Android devices alike. And so, and so while they may not have been the best hardware wise, you know, these are really good devices. Um, and a lot of the, their hardware faults, you, you could say, were corrected in the sense that they had software stuff to make up for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, for me personally, I prefer, you know, the hardware versions of it. So the Pixel phones are not my, are not really for, like I'm not the ideal audience for it. Like for me, I prefer stuff like SD card expansion um, and and other different stuff that the Pixel devices don't offer. But, but the point still stands that those are really good devices overall. But that really led to a shift in how Google operates. And a few years later, Google reacquired the company Nest Labs that makes smart home devices and google actually started making smart home devices under nest name and changed nest from an independent company to a brand underneath google Hmm. and what's weird about this is that google previously owned nest labs but let them stay independent and then when google restructured into alphabet nest labs was actually its own independent company like and so Google and Nest coexisted. But then Google started making their own smart home devices. And then it wasn't that long until Nest was just randomly absorbed into Google and made Nest the new brand um, underneath them. And so almost all smart home products that Google creates now now have the Nest brand instead of Google Home. 
Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting. I know that with with Google and all becoming Alphabet and having just a ton of stuff under their under their wings, it's, it's interesting to see that instead of having uh, a Google Home, but you see the thing is they still have those, right? I think it's a weird strategy and play on having two different um, brands kind of going simultaneously, right? I guess yeah. so because I know that they still they have the small Google Homes, Google Pixel, Google Pixels phone, excuse me, the uh, the Google Dots. I know I don't have one, but I know some friends that do, and um, being able to connect those with like Nest cameras, that's but still not really being able to see the correlation, but knowing the like that we know that they are actually under the same brand. That's interesting yeah. to see. And what's interesting is that Google Home, all existing, well, all brand new devices, um, both new devices released and um, the old ones have been retroactively now are, are under the Nest brand. And so instead of Google Home devices, they're now Google Nest devices. Yes, that's it, yeah. And so it's, it's interesting, but... Yeah, to me, I actually prefer Nest independently um, just because they had such a great platform um, called Works with Nest that, yeah, it was like everyone wanted to emulate them. But Google shut it down in favor of essentially merging merging the functionality with your Google sign-in. And so instead of the Works with Nest program that Nest spent years on putting together, they essentially cut the whole thing and tried to rebuild it under your Google account, which it also makes it harder for you to share, you know, to share your household with your family um, because you essentially need their Google account. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit sad, but I think Google is going in a good direction with that. It's just the process of trying to rebuild something as good as works with Nest. It's just taking a while, but overall, based off of how Google treated that, and I'm not sure if you know this or if I've mentioned this previously, but Google actually purchased a half of HTC because HTC was actually one of the contract manufacturers of the Pixel phones. And they actually went ahead and purchased half of it. So that way Google can truly make it in-house and not have to rely on other companies. Huh. Which that actually seems a little similar to, uh, to Microsoft's strategy back in 2014 when they bought essentially half of Nokia to try to make their own smartphones, which yeah, to their credit, Microsoft did a good job. But the process of transferring from Nokia to Microsoft was not the smoothest transition. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very rocky for both Microsoft and Nokia alike. Yeah, um, it didn't exactly uh, go, go well. Yeah. And so, you know, while both of them have moved on from then, it definitely has shaken up both of those companies. So I feel like, you know, with Google doing that, it was a little bit shaky, but at least HTC is still able to make their own, their own phones, unlike Nokia that had to wait several years before being allowed to even make their own phones again. Because mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know that Nokia actually makes phones again now. Oh, really? Yeah, I have been following them ever since they came back at the end of 2016 um, when when they were no longer forcefully forbidden from making smartphones um, due to a Microsoft contract. Hmm. And so they have pretty much worked in every market but the U.S. for quite a while, but now they are officially back in the United States as well. And I really hope to get my hands on a Nokia phone at some point or another, but they are really interesting if you ever get a chance to see one. But 
I know I personally, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I remember when I was, I, I want to say like middle school, uh, yeah. I was getting a new, got a new PC for Christmas, uh, a small, one of the original Microsoft surfaces, mm-hmm. like it had like four gigabytes of RAM in it. Yeah. It was, the thing it worked nice for what I needed to do with it at the time, but yeah. I remember asking my father specifically if I could get a uh, a Microsoft phone because I like I in, in ironically the uh, the whole reason was because I wanted to play a very very specific game that was only on the Microsoft Store, nice. which but like just looking at it that was kind of kind of stupid, and then like I want to say like a year later they they just said like yeah we're not gonna make any more Microsoft phones, yeah and. I, I, it was kind of a, a little bit funny to be honest yeah like for me i i really liked windows phone and like i had always used android but windows phone was something where i feel like there was a lot more potential to it than it could actually handle because it really wasn't on the fault of microsoft but more so you know on what the third parties did because i mean they knew that there wasn't a big audience on windows phone so you know it's like they didn't take the time out to do it like microsoft even was willing to pay these companies to make apps for their phones and they wouldn't do it so uh which ultimately led to the demise of windows phone but yeah but you know getting back a little on topic like like with seeing what google has been doing like with these hardware devices and and even like on the software side android was actually a company like the company was called android Mm-hmm. founded by Andy Rubin and a few other co-founders. And so when Google bought them, they just renamed the operating system to Android, you know, because that's the name of the company. And when Google reacquired Nest, we saw Nest become the new, you know, the new name for Google Home. And so if I were to take a prediction, I would say that with Google buying Fitbit, I, I can see Google trying to re-enter the, smart, um, the smartwatch industry, but this time as a hardware manufacturer, you know, in addition to just the company that puts out their Wear OS operating system. But I could see them doing it and calling it like Google Fitbit or something along those lines to keep, to honor both Fitbit, but to also show that it's Google doing it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in line with what they did like with Nest where the Nest name is on stuff that Nest wasn't even a part of, but because they did want to honor Nest legacy, that they included the name in there. So I can see them doing something along those lines with Fitbit coming up. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, we discussed a little bit earlier, but I think that they're probably going to go the route of, of Samsung and what they've done to kind of make a, uh, not a sub-brand, but more of like an accessories brand alongside just the phones. So you can get the phone, right? But yeah. That's it, not everything, right? You can get a watch, you can get an Android watch, you can get Android earbuds, you can get, I, I don't know, an Android bike. I mean, we, we don't know. I, I would love to see an Android bike. Um, Google for April Fool's Day a few years ago, they made an and they made a Google mailbox. Um, <laughs> of course, you know that's not really you know for retail. Yeah, that's just was April Fool's Day thing. But um, but I I really see hardware really moving forward with a lot with Google really, you know, in terms of the next few years and really ramping it up. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you really see about this? Um, I mean, we've already seen it. Okay, kind of, I, I honestly, uh, I can I'll, I can speculate, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms yeah, of, of um, yeah, when we've seen it with Apple, we've seen it with 
uh, like Samsung. Uh, I could see Google because they already have the kind of their brand, right? Yeah. Uh, and and Amazon's starting to do the the whole Echo stuff with the Echo Pods and Echo um, earbuds and stuff. I, I think that we'll probably see uh, some brands, some watches, some glasses. Maybe they'll bring back their smart glass. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I think we'll probably see an accessories line of some sort happen like that. Yeah. And before we end this out, I did want to say though that despite all of the stuff in this whole podcast for the most part aside from you know our sidetrackness um you know being about hardware and the new developments a part of me also says that companies are relying less on hardware now really and rather than trying to sell you you know different devices every two years or so which don't get me wrong they're still going to do that but but rather than doing that people they're they tend to focus now on the software side of things and they just really want you to get a device, any device, but regardless of what device you have, just use their software. Yeah, um, I, 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 can, I can't necessarily speak as much towards um, computers in particular, but I can definitely speak in terms of gaming. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm a big gamer. Um, it's kind of, we've seen it for, I want to say three, three gaming console generations now. Not the 360, the one, and now the the new, the new Series X and PS5. Um, we kind of see exclusives being the, the big thing. I mean, last generation we saw that the Xbox One, so the, the the what do you call it? The, uh, the Xbox One X was far more superior in terms of hardware, right? But it 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 didn't sell as much as the the PS4 simply because of the software and the and the uh, the games wise, right? You need to have exclusivity in some capacity. I think we'll still see um, Microsoft be the king of just kind of everything in terms of where PCs are going to be because Apple tries to in terms of Mac they they try to cater towards more of the creative people and the people that want a simpler UI there's nothing wrong with it I, I I've used it before and I very much like it and um, the, the people that more, more simple easier to get to uh, but Windows focuses on trying to get you to where you need to go quick and fast and painless and a lot more workflow focused. I think we're going to see that. And I mean, th there are still some exclusive things that you can get on Windows compared to uh, Mac and vice versa. I mean, you, you can't get any of the free um, Apple made apps like GarageBand or I want to say like iMovie on, on Windows without doing some sketchy stuff to your PCs. And there there's not as many examples of that on PC, but there, there definitely are. I mean, there's not any compatibility between the two systems, but I think that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I really, like I said, I definitely was thinking about the consoles as well, and just overall, like, you know, there's not as much focus as in hardware now, like, just in general, and I'm interested in seeing where this is going, and if I were to, I had mentioned this before in a previous podcast, I'm sure, if not, I'm sure I'll mention it in the future, but I feel like we're going towards a world of, you know, just devices, really, just like, and, and rather than like smartphones or tablets or whatever, because if you really think about it, we're really using, you know, with our smart, between smartphones and tablets, computers, smart TVs, we're really using the same stuff, yeah. you know, across devices now. And there's very few instances where, you know, a, a certain experience is really exclusive to just a single type form factor device. Um, now, of course, 
you know, some devices are preferable. Like most likely you're, if you're going to game, you'd rather use it on a console or a high-end PC and not like on your phone. Yeah. But we're getting to a point where you can, Yeah. but you know, you just don't want I, I to. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, we're going to see a big shift here, I think towards more of a access, whatever you want, wherever, right? We, we already yeah. kind of see it with all the streaming services with like, you know, if I want to watch, uh, I don't know, uh, what, what's something I've, I've watched recently? Um, the Star Wars movies or like The Legend of Korra, you know, I just, I pop up Disney Plus or I pop up Netflix or The Mandalorian, you know, I'll just pop up Disney Plus and I go to the episode I was on and I can continue it, right? You, you'll be yeah. able to, with, with the internet already being a big thing in most places across the country, the most dense, densely populated areas, uh, you'll see that and distribution instead of being physical, right? You'll see a lot more yeah. things go, go uh, software wise where you'll software or, or digitally in that in that capacity so that and then i know uh apple did something sort of with it there's like apple tv there's uh, they had also some like apple game service for your phone it was kind of interesting but in terms of gaming uh xbox definitely has has they're kind of seeing into the future in that in that capacity because of their x cloud service where you basically get to sit there and whatever game you own on your your, your console, you can just, as long as you have the little controller right there and, long, and internet connectivity, you just kind of pop it up and then you can play it right there and you don't have to have any hardware and there's the capacity to be where, you know, we might move away from even having to have physical hardware other than like a base TV or a base computer to do anything. We might just be able to stream it all. You know, I, th I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm really, like I said, I, I know I probably say this a ton, but I'm just so intrigued about this and I cannot wait to see, like, hopefully, you know, revisit this conversation towards the end of the year and see how things have really changed. Because I definitely expect to see, you know, I expect to see some big change this year. So this is something to be excited for, at least for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, in, I'm cautiously, um, cautiously suspicious to see what's going to happen. I, I'm interested to see, but I'm also a little bit, a yeah. little scared. Yep, I am as well. But this will be it for this episode. But I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here, though. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. Once again, Carl, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and we'll catch you on the next one. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll talk to you later.